You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all over the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Hey, 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 AP, how's it going? Well, hey, Murph. Uh, It's fantastic. I've been biking and I've been enjoying the end of the fall here in Iowa. Yeah, I have been traveling the last three or four days and I am currently in Austin, Texas. Oh my gosh. Yeah, which I was going to say it's beautiful sunshiny day, but no, it's raining and it's (laughs) not beautiful, but that's okay because I have plenty to do inside. How about you? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, it's pouring rain here and freezing but like oh. <laughs> uh we hey we got that indoor trainer out like we're gonna get used to the new normal of having to bike inside occasionally yeah. so it's all good but uh i've been gearing up recently for a certain challenge that i've been participating in should we, so t- should we talk about outside. it i think we should okay so um the murphology podcast which everyone knows that i am aka murph um i decided to do this challenge because I wanted to stay motivated through the winter. And so then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just throw it out to the World Wide Web and see if anybody else wants to join me. And so the 200 mile winter challenge was born. And you are participating. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. And there are actually quite a few people, many that I don't know that are also participating. And we have like a private Facebook group. And I cannot believe, you know, we're only in day four or five how motivating it is. Like people yes. are, you know, uh, posting beautiful photos of where they live and their ride. And there's a guy who's done over 10,000 miles this year already. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then yeah. there's people who are literally like, I don't know if I can go, you know, five miles today. So it's super, super yeah. motivating. Yeah, it is. I mean, normally I would, to be totally, total honesty here I would not normally be biking outside this time of year I would be indoor only so it's really got my rearing gear to be go out and do a little biking now it's only like you said day four so I've gone a total of 22 miles yeah <laughs> I was hoping to go a little further outside but there was some trail construction but like yeah hey it was all all an adventure uh it was a definitely a harsh realization of how not in shape I am <laughs> <laughs> but hey I still got another 180 miles to go to get back in the saddle so yeah well and I guess you know if anyone's listening to this in November or December of 2022 you can still join just go over yeah. to the morphology podcast website click on the menu and then find 200 mile challenge now I will say it costs 25 dollars which yep. you know that is something you have to decide if you want to invest in your motivation yep. but you get um, a little patch if you complete Mm -hmm. your challenge you get a buff that says 200 mile winter challenge and then also a portion of that goes towards um, adventure cycling which is a nonprofit national organization so it's kind of cool yeah and of course if you don't want to spend 25 dollars to stay motivated you don't have to just go out and do it on your own (laughs) just just move along yeah or yeah yeah. a good time to to keep the wheels spinning if you know, whatever that might take. For me, it's fun to do a challenge. It's yeah. fun to have a goal. But some people don't think like that. Some people don't work like that. That's fine. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know, and whatever. Sp- and speaking of challenge, uh, the reason I'm in Texas, of course, my brother lives here, so I'm here to see family. But I'm also yeah. participating in the Ride to End Alzheimer's bike Yay. ride, which happens this Sunday. And uh, I'm signed up to do the 60-miler. 
All right. So you're going to be getting a big chunk of your 200 miles just all in one go. Yeah. And it is like, this is hill country. So it's, it's like you said, you know, this is the time of year when you realize how much you've been slacking on biking. (laughs) So I am going to be, um, I'm going to be cursing myself when I'm going up those steep, steep hills as to why I didn't maintain my cycling fitness this fall, but oh well. Yeah, well, you'll be all, I have a feeling you'll be all right. And it's for such a good cause. It's fun that you're able to tie your beginning of the year cause to this end of the, well, not really end of the year, but yeah. for, much further into the year cause. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good for you. I'm excited to see all the different photos and things that you get from the ride. Thank you. Yeah. I've uh, been, you know, trying to raise some more money for this ride and all the money goes to Alzheimer's research, which is awesome. Uh, in yeah. memory of my sweet father, Jim Murphy, I'm wearing a little, uh, like a, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a badge thing that says riding in honor yeah. of Jim Murphy. So oh, how cool! he's going to be with me on the ride. So anyway, yeah. so should we yeah. get to the topic of this week's podcast? Yeah. So this week's podcast, um, is with Scott Sumter at Bike Iowa, and then our very own Ann Lowry and Matt Fippin from Ragbride. Yeah. And we thought, you know, there's always all sorts of chatter going on on the social media and in the biker world. You know, bikers love nothing more besides biking. Like, they love biking, number one. And number two, they love to chat <laughs> about yes. what's going on in the bike yes. world and what's going on with events and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen all sorts of different comments about, I don't know, a variety of topics. Right. And Ann and Pippin are going to talk about them. And some of those include, why should I register for RAGBRAI? Yeah. Or, um, you know, what what's the future of RAGBRAI going forward? It's RAGBRAI 50. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um, tell us about what we have in store for uh, the ride in the future. And, you know, is how is the future going to continue another 50 years? The, right. ride, the ride going to continue another 50 years? Yeah, this so, is a great episode because they both are very, you know, both Anne and Fip are very honest and open and... Yep. I think yep. it's a great discussion, and I think it's a, what a lot of people have, you know, whether it's in the back of their mind or the front of their mind. So, yeah, and I think it's going to be a really awesome opportunity. You know, and I know how passionate they are about the ride, how many cool ideas they have about the ride. Oh, yeah. So you're going to get a little sneak peek into the their brains. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be awesome. So yeah, let's take a listen. Okay, here we go. Hi, I'm Scott Sumter with BikeIowa.com. I'm with Matt and Ann from Ragbri, and we're going to take over the Just Go Bike podcast today. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks hey, for having thank us. You. Thanks for being here. Thanks for letting me uh, sit front and center on this one. Um, so we've seen a lot of, uh, we're going to talk about Ragbri, we're going to talk about the 50th, we're going to talk about how we give back to communities and everything, but we got some big news today. Yeah. 5-0. We've been up since... Uh, early. early. I got up at 5. Yeah. And you're probably up a little bit I after that. Yeah. I got up at 6. But, but we were in uh, our vehicles at the office by 6.30 and in vehicles at 6.31, and we did a billboard takeover. So we partnered with Lamar and um, scouted some billboards around the area and announced our logo. So at 6.45, whatever advertisement was on that turned off and our regbred logo turned on for 50 and it was i mean we were fast and furious across uh the des moines area yeah yeah it was a little dangerous but we got the, pictures the pictures are cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, all different you know yeah. especially with the fall colors behind it it yeah. was it was yeah it yeah. was it was 
Very we're, cool. we're excited about the logo. I think, you know, it's a departure from what you normally see with Ragbri, which is kind of bold and loud. It's pretty classic and simple, and that was on purpose because it's a big year and a big anniversary for us. And Golden anniversary. A huge milestone for what's already the oldest bicycle ride in the world, so pretty cool. It was. It was I, when I saw it the first time, I was like, ooh, that's it's yeah. just a nice, bold look. Yeah, it's very, very cool. And... Um, I see you've got the new shirts on. Will those be available yeah, on too? Yeah. Online later? Yeah. Now? So you'll see new merchandise start hitting our online shop this week. So uh, look for out on our social accounts and then on our website on November 2nd, which is on Wednesday. Heck yeah. Nice. Which will be, yeah. Nice. Um, registration opens up? November 15th. Yeah. And it closes? Likewise. It's actually uh, a little bit different this year. So we are closing week-long rider and day pass rider on May 15th, which is an extension for anyone who is uh, registered as a week-long rider in the past by about a month and a half. And then it's uh, about 15 days early for anyone who's been registering for day passes. So um, we decided to bring those two together and have it close on the same day for both of those passes. And expecting a very large turnout and a lot of procrastinators out there, is there a reason to sign up early? I mean, is there a lottery this? Is there a max? Is there a cap? There's, there is no lottery, but I got a feeling just based on the socials and, you know, just word of mouth, it's going to be bonkers. You know, when we ended in Lansing for the dip, if we would have had a station next to it to register for 50, you would have had a line just as long waiting to register. I mean, people were so, you know, they had such a great 49 that if we could have done the next week and did 50, the people would have shown back up a week later to ride it again. So, yeah, I just, I feel like once we launch that registration, I guess the goal, like we kind of just joke is, can we crash a server? Can we get so many people that just go to it and want to register and they, they just they just crash it? So that's that's the end goal. But I, I do, I mean, if you look at socials right now, Georgia, I mean, all over the state of, you know, our, our United States, you know, people are from, like I watched a post from Georgia. I'm from Georgia. Who's coming with me to Iowa next year? And like he's he's trying to find a, a you know a bus or somebody to ride with. So I think it's going to be crazy. And then the teams that are either retired teams or teams of teams that either you know gone away or kind of slimmed down, they're all back in full force. So it's going to be it'll be the biggest event in Iowa next year. There's just no question. I've heard a lot of uh, old folks that have went before and they maybe taken a few years off. Kids growing up, they're, they're definitely coming back. That's it. cool. So that'll be yeah. People are excited. So <clears throat> I'm here to ask like some of the harder questions, some of the questions that I see out on social media. Um, just what, how does this work? Who is this? And just gonna ask a few of those questions today. But really, let's just start out. I mean, who is Ragbri right now? I mean, where was it at a few years ago? Where was it at two years ago? Where's it at today? And where do you see it? Um, in fact, of ownership, structure, sustainability, and kind of, kind of the future going forward. Yeah. So in 2019, which is when I came on board, um, Ragbri was in obviously a little precarious situation with a leadership change. At that time, Gannett had not been merged or bought out by Gatehouse. We were in the process of that merger. And so, so Ragbri set, sat with locally the, um, uh, the Des Moines Register from a partnership perspective, but from a budget perspective, sat with an event or, an event organization within Gannett, which was called USA Today um, Events. Once the merger happened, uh, Ragbri was merged with uh, a division called Ventures Endurance, 
and that division runs 105 endurance events across the country. So the cycling division makes up five of those 105, and then there are foot races that make up the rest of those. So hot chocolate races, rugged maniac kind of Spartan type races. Okay. Um, so the cycling division is comprised now of Ragbri being the largest, uh, Ride the Rockies, which is an acquisition we made last year around this time. Um, tour of Baton Kill, Fall Classic, and then obviously we have added the Great Iowa Fall Ride, and we added that last year. So right now where Ragbri sits is in a much different spot than it sat in 2019 when I first was welcomed to the team. It sits in a, a pretty independent division of Gannett where now we are running just totally separately our budget, um, our conversations around staffing, our conversations around uh, you know, where we live, where we're, we're housing ourselves um, from a warehouse perspective. And so it's grown uh, independently in the last four years in a way that's been pretty impressive given the global pandemic and what the global pandemic did to live events. And so I think that's really positive for anyone who's thinking about RAGBRAI and the state of live events, the state of Gannett in its future. Um, I think it's a really positive thing to look at what RAGBRAI has been able to do in the past four years, um, how it's been able to grow in independence uh, from its parent company um, and where we stand today. So uh, I feel pretty confident in our ability to keep pushing it forward. Um, and you know, I think 50 is just a great catalyst for that anyway. And so we're really excited about all the stuff that we have planned. But I think right now what you're seeing is RAGBRAI kind of, you know, silly enough as it sounds, come into its own in its 50th year. It's just crazy to think yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's had some ups and downs. A little black eye yeah. a few years ago yeah. for, you know, kind of split some cycling yeah. teams away, apart. And uh, But, no, it's, it's, it's good, to, good to see. And I've, I've done as much reading as I could on venture and, and yeah. just kind of – um, all the different events, and do you foresee adding more events to the docket as for cycling? Or are we set pretty set for the? You know, I don't know. I, I, no one knows what the future what the yeah. future holds. Yeah. That's kind of the vanilla answer. But you know, I think if f for us, I think the goal would be to really be able to support it from an organization standpoint and to support it from a staffing standpoint. And so, if if that's the case and that's the the direction that we would like to go as a cycling division, then I think. More events is great because the the more events there are that are flourishing in the cycling world, the better off and the stronger Ragbri is going to be, and the other events that are in our portfolio. So, uh, for us, it's always a question of staffing before it's a question of like, do we want you know like can we manage yeah. and yeah. and build the event? And you know, I think it's about you know because my re my background before this was was retail, and we would build new stores in new markets, and we wouldn't build in a market unless we knew we could nail it. You know, um, you know, there's other sporting goods companies out there that, you know, would, would pop up anywhere and they're, they're not nailing it. I mean, they just, you know, you look at, you know, their profit and loss statements and these new stores that should be thriving. They're just not because they don't have the right leadership leading those stores. And like I've always said with Ann, if, you know, if and when we take on more events, we just have to go into it with the mindset of we're going to nail it. We're going to put, you know, the assets to it, the bodies are going to be great and we're going to provide a world-class experience. And, you know, I talk about RegBri as the unicorn, like if we can mirror that event and you know have the same the same feelings at these other rides and we, we know we're doing it right i know uh i was fairly saturated with bike rides i mean 20 years ago it's like you had to wait for the flamingo ride or wait you know sure. like two months the bird ride you know but now there's there's five different choices per week so would you i mean you definitely would go out of state maybe on a on an event like that i mean just kind of like ride the rockies and tour of bat and kill but other type um yeah, in other states? 
I mean, I think anything's on, on the table. Yeah. Anything's on the table as long as it kind of fits within what we were just talking about, which is it, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we have the team to support it. The team that we do have in place is supportive of the decision. I think that's big, right? So as we move into the next phase of what the cycling division looks like, I'd hate for us to not include them. They're such a huge part of every decision that we're making, the rest of the team that's headquartered here. Um, and so, yeah, nothing's off the table, but it's got to make sense. So tell me a little bit about the team right now. I mean, the RAGBRAI staff right now, and then maybe we can work our way up to the next level. Sure. sure. You want to go to that one since you've been, you're the boss. <laughs> sure. Um, so currently on staff and we have open positions uh but currently on staff we have suzanne milosevic who's our creative director so the logo that you saw today was truly a, a brainchild of suzanne's and then it was a collaboration to get to the final product that you saw but um, any merchandise that you purchase and wear suzanne's designed it she's had a hand in sourcing it and purchasing it um, she's truly a jack of all trades for us um, and she's been doing it yeah, yeah she's been doing it since 2012 um, so she is kind of a, a legacy team member for us. Um, and then Andrea Parrott, or AP, which a lot, um, all of the listeners are going to know because she co-hosts the podcast, uh, but she also runs social channels for RAGBRAI. Um, and she also has a hand in Ride the Rockies and some of our other events as well. Um, and she has um, managed crew for us for the past couple of years. And then Erica Detterman, who's been a part of RAGBRAI since she was 16, um, on crew as a merchandise girl is now a full-time employee for us and she wears a ton of different hats but a lot of the team members if you're if you're emailing info at ragbrite.com you're getting a response from Erica she manages our <laughs> our email channels uh, she manages our website at this point our registration uh, and she's taking on expo so she is truly <laughs> another person who has a wide base of responsibilities but um, is a true asset because she's been a part of this ride for so long. I mean, her entire, she's grown up with it, which okay. has been really yeah. great. Early 16, yeah. Yep. Um, and then we have, you know, open positions. So our merchandise and marketing manager position is open. We have another customer service position open, and we have a warehouse position open. Um, obviously, everyone knows Matt. Matt's the ride director, and he came on. I mean, we were talking about it this time last year. That's yeah. when conversation started. Sure. Um, and he's been on since January, so this is this is truly your first kind of fall with RAGBRAI and this yep. role and the, the logo launch and what that looks like. Um, but obviously directing the ride is critically important, building relationships and Matt's come in and done that seamlessly. Um, and then I oversee the entire cycling division. So that includes Ride the Rockies, Bat and Kill, Fall Classic, um, and then the, the team here reports into me. That's a, that's a lot for only, I mean, Five people now, yep. three open, right? Yeah. Yep. Dang. And doing Ride the Rockies and Bay. I mean, just those logistics where I know a lot of a lot of people look at it just, hey, it's just one week ride. Why does it take all year to plan? Well, we still yeah. get asked that question. I got yeah. asked the question last weekend, and you know, the when I got announced on Jan in January of last year, my wife's a school teacher, and she had some of her friends ask, so like he's working at Shields, you know, like part time, right? And Daniel goes, no, it's a, it's a full-time gig. Well, what the hell does he do the rest of the year? It's like, if you only knew what we do the rest of the year, I mean, it, it's, it's truly a full-time, full-time job. I mean, I, I yeah. can't imagine just me doing maybe a, a promoting a mountain bike race or cyclocross race. It's, it's five hours in one park, and it takes like two months in advance just to do for that. Sure. And then like a few weeks after for results. And it, it just amazing on, on, on the logistics after being part of the pre-ride for the last couple of years, you 
just see that just in the pre-ride, those logistics, let alone yeah. the massive amount of volunteer hours and, and, and staff hours to, to make that happen. Um, any idea on the, like the hours you guys put in? I know it's full-time job, but it's gotta be way, way. It's crazy. And we were like, Ann and I were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, I just think about me personally, you know, I worked with, with Shields. I worked, f- you know, 45 plus hours a week, you know, and then drive time. And I mean, there's times where I'm in my office, you know, after five o'clock doing stuff. And, you know, I, I always joke because it doesn't feel like work because it's like all kinds of stuff I love. Right. It's the it's the networking side of things. It's the people side of things. It's the event side. It's cycling. So like it'll be seven o'clock at night and, you know, Daniel will walk in and say, hey, do you want dinner? And I'm like, yeah, I, I'll come out and have dinner right now. You know, but, um, you know, we, we spent 20 trips across the state we started traveling and this was you know this is after the announcement started traveling in february so 20 trips across the state um you know depending on where the route goes those those times get easier because we're closer to home you know which, which is great but when you when you end in lansing it's four hours back to des moines to drop ann off and then another two hours back to my house um and you know we don't just sit in the truck and not talk to each other we're i mean we're constantly just going through work stuff and you know even like when our night's over i mean we'll sit in a hotel or you know at a at a bar and you know just kind of decompress and just talk about it's hardly ever life related it's always about it's usually business related or, or people related um and then you look at like what all the towns do i mean from a pass through town to a meeting town to an overnight town you know every person on you know their committee for the most part has a full-time job and this is a full-time job on top of what they're already doing so you know they'll they'll work all day get off at five and literally meetings will start at 5 30 6 o'clock and they run for whatever and that's you know weekly uh and the the dot and the state patrol and all the different because you know your question was who is regbri well regbri is iowa i mean we don't just go across the state you know and it's you know one week and it's all done like there's so much that they have to plan for from a road standpoint that i mean i can't even think about the amount of hours that they're putting in and that you know um you know alex dinkla with who's with the state patrol and his team and the amount of hours that they're putting in and uh but yeah it'd be it'd be mind-blowing to if everybody tracked the amount of hours and then turn them at the end of the year it would it would, it would melt your mind i bet and luckily you get people on board that have a passion I'm obviously you you both have passion everybody on the staff most of the people on the on the rag committees a, a full passion, a pass with cycling, and I know you probably get some city folks who, who who aren't cyclists going, "What the heck are we?" But I think they come back with a positive experience afterwards. I mean, little things like like maybe some success stories when Ragbri went through. I know for a fact that some of the roads get paved, you know, so that we did in the pre-ride is sure. being cracky, but you saw it on Ragbri nice and smooth. I mean, those kind of deals not only help Ragbri become smoother, but everybody uses those roadways. Is there's other success stories that have uh, like come out of like Ragbri going through, yeah. I mean, the money's given back or something yeah. Else. I mean, I think this year is a really great example, right? So when we went through our recap tour in September, literally every town had a profit, right, from what they did. And sometimes that doesn't mean that your organizing committee has that profit because they take on the risk of the expense. But but the town has benefited from an economic perspective. I think the success story really this year was not only that there were a lot of these smaller pass-through-town communities that have been really dormant through the pandemic, and they haven't had volunteer, they haven't had their uh, you know community members come out to volunteer for anything. They haven't started back up their community events, and what we heard repeatedly in these town meetings is that the positive impact that Ragbright riders had on their communities this year, that the planning process 
of us coming through and really spending time with these towns that normally don't get a lot of, of face value and face time with the Ragbri team, that all of that translated to maybe community members that weren't excited about Ragbri coming through because of the impact it would have that day. Then, you know, I think there's a preconceived notion that it's going to be that we're going to leave the town dirty, that uh, it's going to be a nuisance, people aren't going to get anywhere. And I think what what Ragbri writers did for themselves this year. Uh, with their reputation with these communities has been tremendous because all of those towns said they've left it cleaner than they found it. And all of those community members who haven't been out really working together as a community after Ragbri this year kind of crept out of their homes during the day of the ride and then said, I think we can do other events now, right? So I think these communities are now starting to see the value in coming back together as community members and doing events that they haven't done since pre-pandemic maybe even longer. Some, it's been like 26 years since they've done an event, and now they're, you know, and that's Hawkeye, right? Hawkeye was like, we haven't done Harvest Days for 26 years, but now the community wants to do it. And, their and they doubled the size of the, I mean, the committee that they yeah. had for Regbright, which is insane. I mean, it just, it just yeah. melted melt in my mind yeah. when they said, yeah, we're, we're double the size because people wanted to come back and yeah. help. So I think it's it's a couple things, right? It's community impact. It's, it's bringing community together. Um, and then there's also financial impact. And I think, you know, Lansing is a great example of that, where they were able to profit, their committee was able to profit $110,000, $115,000 uh, because of the money that they were able to raise through the various things that they had that, that cost, right? There's expense to, to hosting. And so that's going to leave uh, a mark on Lansing long after we're there. And probably the next time we go through, there is going to be something there that wasn't there before this year that's there now because of Ragbri. So it has a real ripple effect on communities, not just from a financial standpoint and economic standpoint, but from a community building perspective, which I think is something we don't really talk about, but something that I think for me going through that recap tour was the most impressive, is that these towns are now coming together and working together in a way that they hadn't prior. And that's, that's a good that's a good with especially after the pandemic on how yeah. people could came together for a specific and now they're kind of open to it and yeah and that's that's awesome i i think that um yeah the economic benefits from these towns um you can have 100 good comments but two com two bad comments you know spread like wildfire that kind of deal so i've seen some recent stuff is like uh, like some overnight towns haven't got paid um when do they get paid that kind of stuff and i don't know if you want to kind of explain that structure and how the monies get back to the overnight towns and maybe even the pass-through town piece? Yeah. Sure. I, yeah, you want to take it? Sure. I'd love to. Um, so one of the things that changed in 2019, and there was a, a partnership that was developed through the Iowa Destination Marketing Alliance, which is made up of tourism officials from across the state, which are traditionally the folks that chair our RAGBRAI committees in these overnight town communities or meeting town, pass-through town communities. And the goal from that relationship is that we would be looking at the give back to these towns more equitably. So at the time, we were giving $8,500 to overnight towns, period. One time shot, we gave it to them after the ride was over. Um, Through that partnership, we determined that we were going to give overnight towns $30,000. So $15,000 in what we called seed money to get them started. And then $15,000 in charitable contribution so those communities would pick a charity or multiple charities of their choice, and $15,000 would be cut, and they could disperse that how they wanted. Um, the meeting towns then would get $10,000, which is something that had never happened before. Got it, got it. So that's, 
you know, $310,000, and that's coming directly from RAGBRAI's budget. So that's our expense line, right? So we're not covering that with anything else that's strictly money that we're taking out of our bottom line, right, and, our profit. And so it used to be 8,500 overnights, that was it. And then in 2019? 20, the commitment was for 2020, got it, but obviously got it. we didn't have the ride in 2020, so we made good on that commitment in 2021 and 2022. Got it, now, got it. Wow. to directly answer the question around the money and when it happens, so that $15,000 of seed money and that $10,000 of seed money got it. goes out prior to the ride. Got it, got it. The 15000 in charitable contribution goes after the ride. Um, specific to the towns that haven't been paid, I think we've got good news. We heard from towns today that that 15000 that hadn't been paid yet is back in there, is in their hands now. Um, it was a clerical error on our end. Um, it wasn't a reflection of anything other than that. And so once we realized what the issue was, we jumped on fixing it and getting those checks recut. So all towns should have those checks in their hands by the end of this week, and all money should be paid and, and, and good by the end of this week. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah that, you know, for me, being brand new, like there was just questions that I just didn't know how, you know how things worked. And, you know, I came from a company that if I wanted to cut Scott a check for 15K, I, we go to our vault, we pull out the, you know, the Shields checkbook, and we would do that. And then I learned uh, there's, a, there's a process to do that. Um, yeah, so that's, it was definitely a stress point for us, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, we – we did our job at the end and then, you know, there was an issue. We just, you know, we don't get, we don't get a flag. There was an issue and we have to hear it through somebody else. And it's, you know, we, you know, from day one, we've always said we want to be as transparent as possible and, you know, be upfront. And, you know, the, I mean, we, we, we had such a great relationship with every town. I mean, every town that we went through this year when we did our farewell tour said we would take Reg Ray back next year. Like come, come back again next year. We'll do, we'll do it again. And to, to be fair, we didn't call it the farewell tour. Oh, like, sure. It was our last, our last trip across. <laughs> But, um, but no, I mean, it, it was kind of a, it was very bittersweet from the standpoint of, you know, with 20 trips across the state, you build some strong friendships with people that you see on a fairly regular basis. And now we haven't seen, we haven't seen a lot of these people and, you know, to get, uh, to read a message on Facebook that overnight town is, you know, not getting money. And then one of our, one of our you know committee members who we had a great relationship said, yep, that's true. We're not doing it. It's like, okay, a gut punch. So then we start digging into things and figure out, oh, there was an issue. Here's what happened. So we jumped on it. And there's there's a time frame. Like it doesn't just happen instantly. Like you go through the process again and you get re things redone. But, um, you know, I, you know, being able to give back is something that Ann and I are very passionate about and, you know, finding ways to, to better communities after we leave. Because a lot of these towns early on, you know, there was a level, you know, they were hesitant to, can we or can't we? And then we started, you know, once we got them to sign on, then we showed them how we can make this work. You know, these small towns that early on thought they couldn't make it happen, you know, like I said earlier, would, would take us back in a second because they just, you know, they've been there, they've done it, and they go, okay, now we understand it, now we can do it. Well, now you're also giving back almost, what, three and a half times the money to the overnights, and, and, and the meeting towns are getting... Money as well. is, there, is there any plans for doing anything with the past? Absolutely, there is, and that's something that we t I mean, we talked about that how many times in the, in the car. Like we would leave, you know, these towns where they had seed money, and then you leave the small town that doesn't have any, and you go, "Gosh, can they do that? How how do we help them do that?" So the plan for this year is every 
every pass through town, every meeting town, and every overnight will get will get something. You know, uh, one of the biggest pain points that we found early on with some of these overnight towns, and I mean even the meeting towns was entertainment. Uh, you know, how do we book the band? How do we pay for the band? You know, who's going to be on that committee? How do we do this? And there's there's a lot of questions that Ann and I didn't know. So this year we decided for 50 that, you know, we want to help even more. And realizing this is their biggest pain point, we want to remove that. So um, Ragbri is going to, you know, cover the cost of the concert series for every overnight town, um, which is a big deal. So, you know, depending on what that looks like, you know, we're, we're looking at, and this has been fun for us to learn too, you know, what, what a band costs, because I have no idea what band bands cost unless they're local right then you find out that the bands cost anywhere from twenty five thousand to 200 i mean the sky's the limit right yeah. Yeah. taylor swift yeah. comes to town it's multi-millions for for that well taylor swift's not she coming to reg right yeah she's not coming to reg right <laughs> but 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 you learn what that process is so then with 50 we looked at you know populations and went okay based on this population what size band could help this town thrive and we kind of we put together a budget, and we don't need to go into those numbers, but we kind of looked at what that looks like for an overall budget for a concert series and said, okay, if we do this, let's put it in our budget. Let's find um, a group that can help us book, book our talent, and then let's tell these towns, you know what we're going to do for you? We're going to help with the band. We're still going to give you, for, for overnight towns, the $15,000 um, to give back to your community at the end. Um, but you know, the, the, the one question mark was, well, what would do for the pastor towns? And we decided this year that we will give money back to the pastor towns. It's just every, I mean, every pastor town on route this year, if we told them you had this much money to start up with, you, you would instantly see, you know, a level of like, okay, I, we yeah. can do this now yeah. kind of thing. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we want to give back uh, more. Part of going back to the staffing and, and acquiring new events and what that looks like, I think for us, like really a main focus on RAGBRAI, when we talk about it, when we talk about it on the road, when our team talks about it, it, it's always rider experience and communities, right? Like, what are we doing for those two pieces of it? Because they drive the event. And I think from a community standpoint, for us, it's constantly looking at what are the issues that are consistent among all of the towns? Um, how can we help either financially or from a logistics or operational standpoint? And I think the biggest thing with the concerts is it's, it's not just the expense. It is a huge undertaking, especially if you're talking about a Mason City who's bringing in someone like a Sugar Ray. Uh, that's something yep. that's out of most people's wheelhouse unless they're a booking agent. So, you know, I think for us as we look at the communities, it's consistently like figuring out the balance of both of those things. And if we can take some of that burden off of them, both operationally and financially, then the towns get to do what the towns know best, which is highlight and showcase their towns. And so that's the ultimate focus is how, like, easing our way into that in a way that's manageable for us because we still we still have, you know, budgets and that sort of thing that we have to consider. But ultimately, it's easing our way into how can the towns just be as focused as possible on the hospitality of the riders and the experience of the riders so they don't get bogged down in all that other stuff. I mean, the logistics of, yeah, putting on that, that band, the stage, yeah. everything like that, and just have somebody else do that. And you're giving them more up front, more after. Yeah. You're paying for, a, I mean, the stage, the, yeah. everything, right? Just not only the bands. The, is yeah. It's a stage, stage production. Yeah, that's yeah, the, the whole show. 100%. Yeah, yeah and that, you know, that's something we didn't even hit on. But you talk about the financial, the the direct cash in your hand. But there are several things that we do. Like, we, we have purchased the stage for those towns every year right i think the only town this year that we didn't do that for was mason city because of the need of sugar ray 
but that's an expense that hits our bottom line versus the bottom line of the town. So yeah, so so we're continually, again, looking at ways that we can help and assist um, that take off that burden and that expense from the towns. So that's, I mean, and stuff like that, you just don't don't realize what goes on. You think the town's paying for all that, but that's always been a rag break expense. Good good to know. as we touch, this is, a, this is a question down a little bit further, but entertainment. I'm curious to see you guys' thoughts on local music versus, like, big big bands bring them in. Is there any kind of... I have tons of opinions. <laughs> and, you know, the, the best part is, you know, with 20 trips across the state, you know, we have XM Radio, so, like, satellites. So we're constantly going through channels and, like, oh, my gosh, we need this band. And we start making, making our list. But, you know... There's a reason, you know, there's there's bands that Reg Bride Nation looks forward to and wants on, on route. Those bands are still going to be there. Yeah. Like, you know, if you look at eight overnight or, you know, eight venues for bands, um, you could easily, you know, say no to the Pork Tees, you know, the some of these staple bands, Pop Rocks, you know, Hairball that have been on Reg Bride in the past and go, oh, we're bringing in all just, you know, these higher level bands. We don't want to lose that. You know, like, there, there, there are bands like the Pork Tees that, you know, people will drive because they're they're a reg bride band right they, they, they love the pork teas so we're going to mix in them with you know some other ones but you know the names and we don't need to go down that road but the names we gave this talent agency like they're if if we if we get those some of those bands it'll be it's going to be awesome it's just it's just fun right um and they're bands that you know the, the entire crowd will be able to sing to and you know it, it'll be a big deal so we're excited for that well, i think it's interesting since we're you know kind of the cornerstone of 8035 is like the interstates it's like what big bands are coming through that you just might be able to snatch for a day yeah. to come to that, that. I think that completely opens it up, too. You get the right booking agent with everything. You guys want to talk about registration a little bit? Yeah. Sure. I'd love to. So I'm going to – we've done several events over the course. I mean, I know a lot of gravel races now are $200 for, you know, one-day event. A, a cyclocross race is $40 for 40 minutes of racing kind of deal. So um, – Kind of an odd thing, but why is Ragbrae still so cheap for a week-long event? You know, I, th- I, I think if you think back to John and Don and what they created, um, and the spirit of the ride, the spirit of the ride is that it was, a, it was, it was, it initially was to be accessible for all readers, not necessarily riders, but all readers. Yeah. And so the first year that they rode out, they invited readers along, and they had 114 that came out and rode with them. And it's expanded from there. And I think it's always been grassroots. It's always been a ride for, I mean, Matt said it earlier, it's, it's, it is Iowa's ride. Um, and so I think that has always been the conversation around what that registration cost looks like, right? Keep it accessible, keep it for every person. Um, and I think that's worked in its advantage to keep it the longest, largest, and oldest. Um, but, you know, we've had really long conversations as a team around the what the value of Ragbrae is. Not just the value from a, what does it cost, but what's the value of this ride to the communities, to the riders, um, to the state. Um, and so as we start having those conversations, it naturally doves into what is registration cost and what does that look like against what other week-long rides look like. Um, that and just like the the stark reality that things are costing us more money <laughs> so fuel costs yeah go back and forth i mean just yeah. as simple as that yeah yeah and so i think as we have those conversations you know registration prices will increase this year but they're not increasing astronomically good, um good. you know they'll go from 175 to 200 so that's a 25 dollar jump 
I think that's pretty doable for most people, but I think the value's there. Um, I know the value's there for what the ride is and what we provide riders. And so um, for us, it's just you know having that conversation with people about what, what that value is, what they get for that. Um, and I think part of that too is if there's a misconception that we're doing this part-time, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's having the conversation around. You've got a staff of five people uh, dedicated eight when we're fully staffed that are, you know, specific to making sure that, that this ride goes off without a hitch from a public safety and experience perspective and then couple that with what the communities are doing. So, Yeah, I mean, there's, just, there's not another ride or an event that I know of that you can just show up and go. You know, you could walk, you know, you get into a town that night, you can walk to the, you know, the front of the line at the band or the stage and just see a Sugar Ray and you didn't, you know, you didn't pay a dime to go to go do that. Um, we owe it to the towns and the communities we pass through to give them facts because, you know, every town along the way, that was one of their first questions. How many can we expect? And we were always up front. We always showed them the numbers and said, okay, we have 18,000 registered. That's week long and day passes. Uh, that's all we know right now. And, you know, Brunson is a, a perfect example. And there's some epic pictures of Brunson of people r- walking their bikes into town because, you know, over 30,000 showed up that day. When we told Brunson out of the gate, 18,000 have registered. That's week-long and day passes. And then 30,000 show up. So if you're in the business, you know, of events, you plan for 18 and 30, like you just, you're on defense all day. And, you know, the unfortunate part is, you know, riders that registered, who got into some of these towns and the, you know, they're out of food or, you know, the, the line for the porta potty was long. Well, you know, give Brunson a lot of credit. They did a great job planning, but they just, they just couldn't keep up. I'm almost doubled the, amount, yeah. the amount of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if we could tell them, you know, and we give them solid facts and go, you know what? We have 30,000 registered. So expect 30,000 people. They can go, okay, perfect. We need more porta potties. We need more food. We need more this. We need more that. And then they're ready to go. Instead of getting punched in their mouth, first town out of the gate and go, Man, now, like they all, you know, looking back, all the towns thrived and they did a great job. But man, if they just had just a more solid number, we could just, we could, we could do more. And, you know, I, I got to be my, you know, my team gave me the ability to be on route every day and talk to people and be in the masses and, and hear from everybody. And, you know, I stood at a corner and watched riders go past an intersection with state patrol. And I just, I, I, I just stopped counting, you know, the, the bandit riders that just rolled through, like the, you know, the families, just, you know, the people that just ride whatever, they just hop on and they go. But, you know, if, if we could get another 10,000 to register based on last year at 175 bucks, that helps us do more with, with these towns and give them more support and just, you know, be able to, you know, talk through things with them, you know, because we talked, porta potties was, was always a hot button and how many do we get? But if we knew that, you know, an extra 10,000 were coming, we know what that number looks like for them to give them, you know, you need this many more porta potties just to help with that. So, yeah, we, we need you to register. And for you, Back in the day, you, you didn't register. I, I did not. I did not for several years of my, uh, what, early 20s or late 20s, early 30s. I mean, $175 at the time to me was beer and food money. You know, I was early in the career. And, yep. and it just, yeah, you just hopped on. I'm from Iowa. It's like, it was, it was pretty easy. Hop on a team bus and, and go. Um, and then later on, self-contained a little bit, kind of off route, kind of hitting rag right here and there. But uh, um, since being more a part of RAGBRAI and the logistics and seeing everything. Um, definitely, I mean, amazed at the, at, the, at the logistics and the planning it takes. And if people come on and they say they, they're not using any of the services at RAGBRAI, 
that's bull. Beep. Yeah. You know that? yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's um, you're using all the logistics for the Iowa State Patrol, the, the road fixings, the the kibos, the the bars have bigger, you know, beer gardens and music, and um, still 175 bucks is, is so cheap. And knowing now that you're not going to take away from a person's, you know, out of state, if you don't need baggage claim, if still $175 for if you didn't get any of that and you had to pay extra for baggage and transport and all that would be, I mean, what, what's Ride the Rockies now? Is it still about four? So five fifty. So yeah. it's the same, not the same, it's, but it's a it's, week long ride. It, yeah, and it's six days versus seven of riding. And is there anything more that Ride the Rockies gives that Ragbride doesn't? Um, so for that price. Uh, so Ride the Rockies, there's aid stations, right? So slightly different in the way that it's structured because the communities don't rally in the same way that the Iowa communities rally around riders. And so there is uh, prescribed aid stations along the route. Um, you know, Matt calls Ragbury a unicorn. It is a unicorn. It just, the communities yeah. just don't come out like they do, they do for, for Ragbury. But um, I do think that you know, as far as like basis, it is it is a much is very similar in what it's what is offered um, between the two, and so you're seeing a different price break. Yeah, you know, we we were in uh, Colorado a couple weeks ago for a primal event, and I got to talk about Rag Ride a little bit. And one of the questions that they asked me was, "How how do you replicate it?" And I think my answer right, right directly was, "You don't." I mean, think of you know what Iowa towns do is is above and beyond. It's, it's amazing. It goes back to the Iowa nice. You know, there are events that go across other states and, you know, they're, they're good, but just, it's just a whole different ball game of what, what, what they do. Um, you know, the state patrol and, you know, partnering with other law enforcement agencies, sometimes they don't always get along very well in, in other parts of the world, whether it's like us versus them and they're on board, uh, care ambulance and Bob. And, you know, I was talking to Bob this morning about, you know, just his value. And, you know, when you register for reg, if, if, you know, Bob always says, if you want to get hurt, get hurt on reg because you have someone that's going to be there to take care of you you know, almost instantly. And I saw it multiple times with riders down where between their motorbikes and, you know, their ambulance crews, they were on it and it was just so fast. And, you know, if they're a banded rider, um, you know, the ambulance ride to wherever they need to go is covered by Bob and his team. Um, you know, you know, they, they provide the service, they get you where you need to be, but they cover the ambulance ride, which I've never ridden an ambulance before, but I heard it's very expensive to take that flashing siren into it, into a town. Um, You've done it once. Yeah, it's just, in, you know, that's the one thing that Bob, you know, Bob has. Well, that's a service that RegBread provides. So know that when you're riding across, you know, we do, uh, I mean, every time we went across the state of Iowa, we made changes to the route to make it better, to make it safer, because that's our number one priority. Get riders from one side to the other as safe as possible and as fast as possible. Um, you know, it's working with, you know, the DOT to make sure we're, we're on the right roads. That, that makes sense. And then, you know, to your point with us submitting, you know, letters to the county and reports to the county, Look at all the roads that got fixed. I mean, the roads were in great shape this year when we when we did pre-ride. They were in better shape because the the the, the counties wanted to showcase their roads. So they, they took pride in their roads, and I think that's one of the things that you know sets Iowa aside from other states is we got some pretty damn good roads everywhere you go because of you know Ragbright plays a role in that, right? So so many different things from a value standpoint. But you can get on a bike on one side of the state if you're you know. Um, you know, if you're registered and, you know, kind of be in your own world and you see it and you have, you know, uh, a guy or a girl directing you across the state, making sure that cars are stopped so you can just kind of, you know, put your head in the clouds and just enjoy the, the scenery. Uh, well, that's a service that Ragbride provides. And, you know, if something does happen and you do get hurt, 
Bob and his team is right there helping you get back on the road as, quick, as fast as possible. So, you know, there's just so many things. I mean, the, 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 the restrooms, the food vendors, you know, the, like you said, with the bars, you know, it, none of that happens without, you know, Ragbright working with those communities. Places to camp. All it's of, everything. Yeah, every, every, um, talking about like going through, I mean, say it's Des Moines, the home base for all, you know, the equipment, the trucks, everything like that. I mean, you're it's already about 800 miles by the time you're all said 800 to 1,000. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we drove, we started early on trying to find a vehicle for us to drive because we were driving my truck and we put over 25,000 miles on my truck. Um, and was it a month ago? We got our brand new truck. So the, the ride's done. We finally have a brand new truck for next year. But labor of love. But yeah, I mean, we were going across the state, you know, driving my vehicle, you know, covering the, um, the mileage and all that stuff. But yeah, it was over 25,000 miles is what we put on my truck. Um, and it, that wasn't just the, I mean, a lot of those miles were just, you know, going across the state. There was times where we would zip down to Des Moines. We would zip over to these, you know, towns would call and say, hey, we, could you come to a town hall for us? And we would just get in the car that night and drive over and do things. So you know, that's just miles we didn't track. Uh, you know, that's one thing I want to do this year is just track things more so we can give you more solid facts next year. This is how much time has been logged in a vehicle. This is how much time we spent in town A, B, C, D, and then be able to say at the end of the next year, like, here's the expenses of what it looks like for our team to help put this event on. So let's just take from one overnight to another overnight. Just kind of, I want to get an idea on the number of vehicles, rag, right? You know, merch trailers, baggage trailers. I mean, what's it take to move from one overnight to another? Just kind of an estimate. We're we're an army of 60 vehicles uh, that travel across the state. And so we do, this is kind of fun. I, I don't know if people know this, but we do what we call farm day. And so all those vehicles get taken out to a farm that's on the western, west side of Des Moines, West Des Moines, um, right on 80. So it's easy for us to jump on and get to that first start town. Um, and we spend an entire day packing up those vehicles. Prior to farm day though, a day before farm day, we actually pack up the entire office into box trucks and take that out to the farm. Those merchandise trailers get loaded out, radios, decals, all that stuff. So when most people are planning packing for the ride, we've already started. So we're, you know, we're, we're like, we're go time about two weeks before the ride starts um, because we've basically taken our entire office and put it on yeah. wheels to take it across the state. Yeah, I wasn't home for two weeks. I, I mean, I told my wife, like, I'm, I'll, be, I'll see you in two weeks, right? But, you know, yeah. something kind of just crazy to me, you know, our office that we're kind of sitting in right now in, in doing this podcast, you know, it's on the fifth floor, you know, so imagine all our crates, all our product going down a, I can't not even know how big the freight elevator is, up and down and up and down to, you know, to trucks and then out to, you know, Sergeant Bluff, you know. That just that blew my mind that we this is how we do business. Like just the amount of I was exhausted yeah. that that day. Like I remember sitting in the hotel going, I'm I'm spent right now because you're just constantly hoofing, and I, my forearms were shot. I mean it was just so much product to, to to do the ride, but it was on the fifth floor. You know now we're in a new building where we can literally back a truck up and open the door and just load record the truck. So just saving time, saving back, saving everything just with a, with a new space, you know, no more f- fifth floor, no more freight elevator. And then there's one year where the elevator was out. So yeah. it was a nightmare. Yeah. We don't really talk about we that. Don't, that's, right that's a bad year <laughs> to talk, really about. talk about. That year. <laughs> but yeah. never again, because we've, we've just found ways to just get better. So, so still going back to the one day, you know, 60 vehicles, what's, what's, what's the, what's the Ragbri staff on a day of Ragbri? You know, it's, you got eight, you want eight to be, Three, yeah. three shy right now, but 
obviously you need 60 vehicles, 60 drivers plus. Yeah, you know, I mean. Double that, triple that? No, we're anywhere from 60 to 80. We, we ride pretty lean. I would say this year we rode a little bit, uh, we had more staff this year um, than we did in 2021 and we've had in previous years. Um, and that was because we were trying new things with stuff that we were doing on route. So if you came to our merchandise trailers, it felt a little bit different than it's felt in before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 60 to 80. So, you know, the logistics of just getting our team across the state. Yeah. Um, I think that's what's yeah. so fun and challenging is that you've got the logistics of like what our team is doing is working with the towns for rider experience, logistics of getting people across the, the state, the route, but then you've got this other side that Erica and AP touch, and I touch pretty significantly, which is like communication with the team captains, communication with the riders from a registration perspective. So you've got all these pockets of things that you're planning um, and to see it all kind of come together in the end, because they are really working separate from each other for a large portion of the planning period in the year. And to see it all kind of like work and come together when people get like today, when people are getting like so excited about the logo and, and I think for the most part, we nailed it. So like, yep. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. And so then when you go to registration launch and it actually, and you don't crash the server and people are able to register and then people are super excited because they get their confirmation email, then to when people get their registration packets or when people purchase merchandise and they get it, that piece of it is so fulfilling for us. And then you get the, so the, the fulfilling side of the communities and the week of when the communities have spent all that time in planning and we've been there with them, helping them, and it's not easy. I mean, it is a roller coaster of emotion. It's a roller coaster of working together with the community and problem solving throughout the entire process. And then to get to that day where, you know, Pocahontas is packed and, and Pocahontas had never been an overnight town and it's 1,800 people, there weren't without like issues that day. But man, that community nailed it. <laughs> and they nailed it in a way that like, I think we always had confidence that they would, but that, that's kind of part of our job too, is just making sure that the towns feel really comfortable and confident with the direction they're going. And so I think like managing all of those pieces, um, so you talk about the logistics of it, but managing all of those different sides of it, the consumer side, the business side, the, you know, you, then you have your sponsors, like putting all those pieces together and seeing it all come to fruition that, that week is, is pretty rewarding. And then to go back on our, our farewell, farewell tour. tour. <laughs> We're gonna get banners. Um, that I think to me was really, to see the community aspect of it and, the, and just how like proud the town was. And the number one thing that they said about what they loved about it was meeting the riders and meeting people from all over the world. Um, and being able to share and share their stories of their community, but then hearing the riders share their stories. So, um, yeah, riders showed up. Awesome. They showed up for communities this year. Yeah. I mean, you, when you hear the story after story of the impact that was left behind from riders and the experiences they had, I mean, we heard multiple times that our, I mean, early up, and we talked about this early on, but, you know, Ragbray trashes our community. And, you know, the multiple towns said our, our community was cleaner than the day before. Ragbray just cleaned it better than, better than us, right? But if you think of like the cost of doing business, you know, all our vehicles, and we're, we're, we're in 15 passenger vans, we're in F-250s, 350s, I mean, these big, massive trucks. We went into it with, we can't give everybody a credit card, so let's buy Casey's gift cards for everybody. So Anna and I are brainstorming, like, what, how, much, how much should we buy? So we threw a number down, I thought, man, that's a pretty solid number for gas. Was it day two we were buying more? Because like, yeah. just the, the gas was just getting, yeah. Yeah. so like, you know, yeah. I, I don't even wanna know what the total, I know what I spent in my truck, driving my truck across with Jack. Um, 
it was significant and we weren't pulling a trailer you know our biggest trailer with an f-250 or f-350 i just i don't want to know what that number is but that's the cost of doing business right all, all yeah. those little things that kind yeah. of come together it's not only yeah the legit yeah the, it's stuff yeah just take one vehicle and drive it across with a trailer and just oh, count up that yeah i'm 60 and yeah i know there's a, there's a there's a heck of a lot going on and i just thought about it too not only not only you guys um logistically doing the rider route but you got a whole nother vehicle route support it's got to be safety like a sport yeah route so yeah. that's a whole nother yeah. element to come into the meeting town and get people out safe and not cross over too many yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hurting cats multiple ways, right? I mean, you, cats are driving, you know, massive vehicles to cats that are on bicycles and what, everything in between. And, you know, if the support people just stay on the support route, everything everything works out. But, you know, there's the, the phones that we have and the GPSs, there's always a better way of getting into a town. So they plug that in. And then, I mean, you're, you have towns that are set up ready to receive them, and they have the roads that are ready to go. And then a, a bus comes in the kind of the back door, and it's like, where the hell did you just come from? And they sneak in. Then it puts them on defense when they should be on offense right now. So, I mean, there's just things that, you know, if everybody was perfect, you know, we, we wouldn't be having any issues. But, I mean, there's always going to be something that how do you – and, you know, I, I feel that we were on offense the, the entire week for the most part. There were some things that we had, to, we had to adjust. But, you know, if you can stay on offense and not have to worry about defense, you know that all the planning was worth it. And, you know, to go back to Hawkeye, when I made it my – you know, when I got, got into Hawkeye, one of the committee members who was stressed, like leading up to it, there was multiple emails, phone calls, just worried about is this going to be good. And, like, she comes running at me and gave me the biggest hug. You could just tell that all the planning – Every piece of stress that she had in her head it was gone because her town was thriving, and they, they're now able to do so much after Ragbri um, from a you know building of community because of they just they've been there they've done it and like she said multiple times even the grumpy guy in town wasn't grumpy that day. Yeah. I mean every town has a yeah. grump, but they were all happy that day. So it was just it was fun yeah. to be a part of that. And you mentioned the, the towns loving to see the, like the people from all over the world. Oh yeah. And. I don't. I've vended what five or six years now, but that that is that is the funnest part is seeing yeah. these people come for the first time, or even and they're having the they're having the time of their lives. Yeah. They can't wait to tell you about it. You meet them the first day, and then you're like, you know, yeah. See them the second day, and by the time How's you're, you know, and you're high five and hugging and. Yeah, it's 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 and yeah. then keep in contact. You know, see them next year is like, hey, yeah. I remember you. And, yeah, I think one of the the, the greatest things. So I was a crew member in 2018 and 2019. And I was the loop lady. So I was passing out your century patch and your uh, gravel patch. And so I'm, I was able to meet John. Um, and I was asking him questions about it. And, and it was 2019. And he said, God, this thing is so stupid. I can't believe that people still do it. And I think he just had that kind of the personality of like he's not he, he didn't take too much credit for it. Um, he loved it. It drove him. It was his, still his passion up until the day that he died. But and he's, he was on route that year. He was on route in 2021 in the century. But he just kind of had this kind of kind of like flippant attitude about it. And I think that's, you know, what made him so great. But that year, there was a group of racers from Saudi Arabia that came on the ride. And little by little, they showed up at the century to take pictures. And every time a new member would come, the leader who got there first was just as excited to welcome somebody else into the picture. So they took probably 20 pictures with John. And I took the last picture, and in the last picture after I took it and sent it off to AP to post on social, um, I looked at it, and John was looking at one of the team members 
smiling huge and holding people's hands. And I thought, like, at this point, he can't think that's stupid. You know what I mean? Like, at what point in 1973 did he think racers from Saudi Arabia are going to be holding my hand in 2019 and this this ride is still going to exist? And so I think, like, he always knew that, but he just didn't want to get didn't want to get too ahead of himself, which I think is kind of a great quality and what makes Ragbury so great. That is, yeah, you can't can't recreate that anywhere else and there's nobody else with that kind of history. Mm -mm. Um, Still want to hit the registration just a little bit more and then we can talk about maybe your new location and then maybe some 50th information. Yeah. Yeah? So I still want to go back, I'm still, kind of the, one of the purposes of this was to let folks know about really the logistics and what it takes to put on um, a week-long event that takes a whole year to, to plan out. We talked about how still how cheap it is at $200 versus $550 for Ride the Rockies for really the same kind of services. So just kind of want to debunk some some quotes that I hear throughout the year um, from folks about not registering and why they don't register. And I hope we've kind of proven that $200 is very, very cheap um, it goes back to the cities, it goes back to the communities. Um, kind of, I mean, everybody thinks that like 100% goes back to back to Iowa, back to this county. But really, it's a for-profit company is Ragbride. Absolutely. Its so just kind of maybe, is there any, out of that $200, do you have any like numbers on what really is, uh, goes back in the community? Is it a percentage or a dollar? I know there's a lot of new expenses and new changes this year, but is there any, any marks that we can set that kind of helps explain? Uh, I mean, the thing I'll say is 100% of our expense goes into producing the ride. Um, so, you know, whether that's the porta pots that are in the campgrounds, whether that's the ambulance service that are on the roads, whether it's the state patrol that are out, you know, all of those things are paid for out of out of the expense. And so that registration fee helps us cover those costs. So 100% of that money is going back into the expense. Um, percentage of that obviously that 310,000 that we just talked about goes yeah. directly into the hands of the the communities it, yeah. um, and I think that you know on top of that you then factor in the volunteer t-shirts that we purchase for all of our overnight towns which is you know a couple thousand dollars in saving expense you talk about the stage that we purchase for all of the towns so there's nothing you know is there profit sure um, and all that money then goes back into producing that ride in future years. So I think as you look at the, the live events business and what happened during the pandemic, it's really beneficial for Ragbri to have a parent company that does have the ability to kind of hold some of that money um, so that we can live through something like a pandemic and then still be come out on the other side strong. So rainy day, yeah. Yeah. So I I would just say like a hundred percent of the the expense line comes out of that registration fee. Um, you know, it's significant dollars. We talked about significant to get our vehicles across the state, significant for the porta pots, significant for um, all of those things that we're planning and producing. Um, you know, if we don't have the state patrol there, that's a problem and and that costs money and that costs money to have carry ambulance. So all of those things play into to that 175 or $200. I mean, to me, it still sounds like one heck of a bargain. I mean, yeah. it really does once you look back and all the costs and everything yeah. like that. Um, so the three quotes that I hear the most from folks are, I'm not using any RAGBRAI services, so why should I register? I'm from Iowa and I don't register because I don't want to take a spot for an out-of-stater who might need all those services. 
and then I'll spend my money directly to local businesses and organizations in the town. That's what they were going to spend that registration. So maybe is there any last minute or last comments on how to debunk some of those statements? You know, I, I think it just goes back to you know support the organization that puts puts on the ride, and then we can help support these communities. That's what it comes back to. And I, you know, being boots on the ground, I got to talk to so many people that I, I heard that. Well, I don't use any of the services. As we're standing in line to use a porta potty, that's a service, right? I mean, a porta potty that doesn't exist. You know, tomorrow it's gone. You know, it's it's not here. And you know, the one question I asked the guy was, "When's the last time you did a group ride?" He said, "Well, last weekend." And I said, "Did you have a uniformed officer?" giving you turn by turn and directions across and did you feel safe well i I didn't have that i said well you have it with a you know with a with a reg ride you know think about the amount of time i mean just pre-ride i mean we do pre-ride because it's kind of our reg it's our last big hurrah and then we we, we do reg you know for everybody else but it's our last time to get eyes on the roads to make last minute changes to make sure it's safe because at the end of the day safety is our number one goal we want to get riders from one side of the state to the other as safely as possible so they can they can you know dip tires and you know enjoy enjoy their experience but if something happens along the way we have a group you know with bob and his team that are amazing people like some of the most gifted people i've ever seen and getting people back on the roads um no, that's a service that, you know, hopefully you never need it. But if, if something does happen, because I saw so many times where you just touch a wheel and you're down and you have a broken collarbone, like didn't expect it to happen. And I, I look and go, they're banded. They're going to be taken care of. They're, they're good to go. Um, you know, our SAGs. I mean, if you need help, I mean, today, today, this year was great. I mean, when you have tailwinds and 70 some degrees, it's, I mean, it's hard not to ride every mile. Right. But there's some that just they just can't do it. You pull over, you flip your bike upside down and, you know, one of our SAG drivers pulls over, puts your bike on the rack and drives you to the meeting town drives you to the end whatever whatever you need um so you're good to go uh you know it's i even think like i'll jump it because i don't think you're going to say this but even the the time and planning that you're putting into the route to even get people on the road because they're not going to pick that oh for sure nowhere, right so you're spending august through until january 28th when we announce the route you're spending that time fine-tuning what will be announced as overnight towns but I mean, you've driven that. I mean, at that point, you will have driven it. Yep. You will have met with the DOT. You will have met with State Patrol. There are a lot of man hours just put into making sure the route is in a really good spot um, by January. And then on t- and then it, then it's go time. Then it's all the things that riders see. But all that stuff has to happen behind the scenes because of the secrecy of what that route looks yeah. like. And I think, you know, even, even getting to a point of launching a logo, even if we're talking about marketing or yeah. promotion and, and launching a logo, there were endless hours spent trying to get that logo to where it is right now and determining what the t-shirts are gonna look like and all the things that create kind of like ambiance, you know, embroider, like, you know, embroidery for the ride. Um, and that, that stuff takes time yeah. and it takes thought and, and we wanna make sure we get it right. Like, I think the feeling of people telling us that we nailed it on social, they don't, like, don't underestimate how that makes us feel. Oh, it's it huge. Because really you, you don't know. know. I mean, the Regbrae Nation is so passionate about the ride. And they will tell you when you nail it, and they will tell you when you fall on your face, right? I mean, and, 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 every, and everyone in between. But, I mean, I just think, you know, think about like my, my work weeks. And I said this multiple times. I can't believe how fast my work weeks go. It'll be Friday before you know when it's like, where, where, did, where did the last four days just go? And, I mean, that only happens because, like, you're just constantly busy doing something every day. And there's always going to become a time where you get to the, you know, 
to go time and there's things you just you couldn't get done there are things that are going to bother us but for a rider they're never going to they're never going to know it like you you forgot to do this right because stuff just happens um but you know at, at the end of the day a lot goes into i mean every day you know we we've been down in des moines now for two days and you know a lot of it's work related and you know we were up super early this morning getting that out on social media but man like to ann's point when you guys give us a very positive comment i mean that fuels us to do even more and, and just like because there's times you read some posts online right now and you go oh i i just that's a misconception you know it's one of those things where you know somebody says it and they're not even related to rag bread because somebody said it's truth and you so i wanted to, i want to go and tell them it's not true but you're never going to see ann and matt fighting on social media right we're, we're going to prove it on the route we're going to prove it when we do our overnight announcement we're going to prove it when we launch launch the logos we're going to prove it when we show you the merch line we're going to prove it that uh rag is in a good spot Reg Bry, you know, I, I love my job. I, you know, I have three girls that I get to be home more and, and see them. And I think if you ask my three girls, they don't want me home as much as I am right now. But, but you know, being able to do that. This is the first year. Yeah, and my, my daughter's here listening to uh, This is my first year. In, she's yeah, she's here. Uh, this is my first year in 15 years where I saw them the morning for school pictures. And I was there when they got home from school. In 15 years, that's the first time I've ever seen it. Because I was always at Shields in the morning and I was always home, home later. Um... But, you know, the, the team that we have that, that's putting on this event, uh, they are very passionate about the ride. They want to do what's best for the state of Iowa. They want to do what's best for riders going across the state. And, you know, you know, I always say that, you know, Reg is never going to die. In, unless riders don't want it and the state of Iowa and town say no more, it will always thrive every year. So when you hear online, uh, Reg is not going to make it. They're in a bad spot. No, I'm sorry. Like, we're going to be here for the next 50 years doing the thing because there's just so much – love for Ragbri when you you meet people from all over the world and like I said all over the world you know I was standing in, in line at a beer garden and there's a guy from Germany who couldn't speak any English and I don't know German but he kept pointing the beer and gave me, giving me the <laughs> thumbs up like he was having a good time right but I mean the proof is you know like when you're literally dipping your tires and then the next question is where do I register for 50 because they would register right then and there and you know at the end of the day our job and our team's job is to put on an amazing event that people want to come back to year after year after year and to get more bike or people on, on you know on, on bike seats but yeah we are for pro- for profit like we are like we we need to make money to be able to spend money and help these communities out so um, you know if you've if if Reg Bride's a bucket list, we'll see you at fifty because I guarantee that they're coming for fifty. But we need you to register. We need you to help support the ride, and then we will do our job to help the communities where they need support too. But you know, at the end of the day, we want to give back more. We want to we want to you know have Reg Bride be the you know kind of like I said the unicorn that shows other you know states what is truly possible. Um, you know, we've been in an office building for forty nine years. We're now in an uh, an old brewery. We have a brick and mortar retail space we're building out offices uh warehouse uh you know we're taking rag you know to a whole different level um and it's, it's it's fun to watch and uh we're going to have a party you know after our registration drops to invite people back to our, our spot to show it off but i mean just the amount of hours we put into that and we i mean a building that hasn't been occupied in years I mean, there was cobwebs on top of cobwebs on top of cobwebs, and we we, we were painting and we're, we're we're doing a full build out. But I can't wait until it, the project is done and you can open the doors and truly show people what Regbri is. It feels good to have a, a ground, you know, on the ground space, brick yeah. and mortar. You guys, there's some green space to yeah. the, tons of green space. Yeah. Places to park, places yeah. to hang out, places to sell apparel. Places right? to sell, kind of, yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, and that's all a part of the vision, right? I think as the pandemic 2020 gave us a lot of time to dream 
Um, and I think that was one of the things that the team and the merchandise person at the time we talked about a lot, which was, you know, I think there's a real opportunity for, for that to grow and, and people want it. And I think how fun to be able to like bring people into a brick and mortar location and have and experience them year round versus yeah. just on the ride. Yep. Yep. And so we talk a lot about Ragbri not being seasonal. Ragbri is year round and, and our ability to interact with riders and with our community the whole year is an exciting for us, an exciting proposition. And I think, you know, 49 years on the fifth floor or kind of a carved out space for us in an office building that doesn't suit our business needs. It's really weird to say that this like legitimizes us, but it really does. Um, and so I think it's been an exciting thing for, you know, Matt and I have been working on it for a while. And I think for the team to actually get in there and see it, I think it has done uh, a lot for them from their for the level of their like just motivation and, and getting them through because as most people can imagine because they feel the same way once the ride's over it's a there's a little bit of like a <laughs> a come down <laughs> and I think you know it's tough to kind of acclimate back into the real world after the ride um, and this was kind of a nice distraction for us to be able to kind of focus on this and and put our attention and kind of claws into this It'll, it, the come down wasn't as hard for us, I don't think, this year because of that. Um, but I'm sure the come down from 50 is going to be rough. But it feels like home right now. I think there? so. It's, yeah. it's definitely getting there. It's got a, it's got a ways to go, but I think it's. I keep there. saying this is us. This is Ragbray, you know. And I always tell the story of walking into the office building my first day and seeing what Ragbray is. And I, I remember looking at it and going, "No, suck seriously. Where's Ragbray at?" Because this is this is our warehouse space. This is your office over here. This is where I sit. This is where our team is. And I just I remember I had this you know this vision in my head of what Epic looked like, and that was an Epic to me. I think what we're going to do with this space when somebody and we we saw it when we did our pack a pickup for fall ride, mm-hmm. people walked in and went, oh my gosh, this is amazing, and they just got to saw, see a small little snapshot of what that is. They never saw the warehouse, they never saw the back office area. Um, so we have, the, the, I mean, the plans when we went look at the architecture and they kind of did a three D model of walking through. I remember looking at it and going, holy crap, this is going to be so cool when it's done. But there will come a time where we un- unveil it and show, you know, Regbri Nation, and and I think it's so cool to be able to just have pop up events, and then you can actually try the merchandise on before you buy it, because right now you buy it online, oh, yeah, so you yeah. you can't, you know, you can't touch it, you can't, you know, try it on. You like, I want you to come in and put it on, and, and you know, have a beer. I mean, we're gonna have you know beer there because it's a brewery, right? So like, hang out with us and um, you know, tell us stories about Regbri, and then we'll see you on the route for fifty. Very cool. I mean, I. As I'm looking at the question is, which one has more logistics going into it? Is like putting on Ragbri or putting on the Super Bowl? It's got to be neck and neck. Yeah. I mean, you think about all the way across Iowa, all the... I want to know how many people. I mean, I mean, I just think wow. of you it's know sheer number wise. Super Bowl's got what, and yeah, money, ten, yeah, just budget. Yeah, yeah. you start thinking about what needs to go on and I think us. I'm going with us. Yeah, I would love more support from. I would no. I'm not betting. <laughs> I'm not betting. Uh, I would love more support from Iowa. I mean, because you know, there's just there's just a lack of support in some categories that we can kind of go after some things and do do stuff with. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just think about. What happens on the way to Iowa? Say you're from North Carolina and you're taking a bus from your house to Iowa. How many, you know, how many states do you pass through? How many, you know, times do you fill up? And I remember getting, you know, driven back to Mason City before the Century Day, and we drove we drove past Brit, and that Casey's at at Brit at 11:30 at night was packed. I mean, you couldn't get another bus, another body in there. That, that was the day before, so people were coming in to ride, right? Yeah. I mean, just the the impact that it's not just in Iowa, but it, it's left over in Illinois. It's, I mean, whatever state you came from. The reach is massive, right? So if you if you truly had a you know a 
number. I mean, it's that would melt your mind to see what it is over the course of you know two weeks of people either riding out to the, the start and then riding across, or you know the people that are flying in and their bikes are getting shipped and just the it's a lot. Yeah, and, and some of those people too are like you know they're making a vacation out of it, right? Obviously, the vac- part of that vacation is Ragbri, but part of that too is like I'm not in the United States that often. I'm going to go hang out in Seattle for a couple week or week, and then I'm going to come to Ragbri. So yes, yeah. I think to Matt's point, like the economic impact nationwide for Ragbri is a number we'll never know, and the local statewide economic impact is a number we will continue continually try to hone in on because. To Matt's point, I think you're talking about the state's largest uh, tourism event, uh, bringing in people from outside of the state and outside of the country. And not just for the the two weeks around Ragbri and through Ragbri, but you wouldn't believe how many emails I field from people out of state wanting to come back. Where should we stay? Ooh, we love Iowa. I want to come back and ride the high trust. Marble Rock. West Bend. I mean, mean, there's towns that, yeah, yeah, that you hear the stories afterwards that uh, a brother rode Ragbri went to Marble Rock, had such a great experience, told his other brother about it, and his brother drove to Marble Rock to check out the sites. Yeah. I mean, just, it happens all the time, yeah. but it, it showcases Iowa and what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think the grotto had already is huge. Seen, like, a ton of people come back, come back by the yeah. time we got to them for the recap. But, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. It's like a, it's a number that we will never know the true, the true impact and value of, but it's, it's significant. To me, there, no way Bike Iowa would have existed without yeah. Ragbri and without me having that experience. I mean, maybe the Iowa Bike Coalition would have, would have formed of some yeah. sort. No way we'd have the world-class trails we have now. Yeah. I mean, without yeah. you know everybody kind of being on board and seeing what cyclists yeah. can do and everything. I mean, there's all those other elements of and, and the returning folks. Yeah. Even the the bars and the breweries along the trail. Oh, I don't yeah. I don't think without Ragbri. Yeah. I mean, you go to Missouri, you go to Kansas, similar kind of states, but. They don't have that kind of, you know, that kind of structure, that kind of feel. I mean, our our party rides and our charity rides, and there's yeah. so much more and so so many more participants yeah. throughout the year just because the catalyst of yeah. Ragbri back in the day. Yeah, that's a great point and something we've talked about, and I'd be so interested to know the business of Ragbri. Um, so the businesses that have, like, sprung up because of it and have and have longevity because of it so like pork belly ventures comes to mind like there's all these yeah. businesses that exist to serve a serve a purpose for ragbri but then have created bigger business out of of what was started kind of organically and i think that impact is something that you know wasn't apparent to me until 2019 when i started having conversations with all of the, the partners of ragbri and and you know, answering questions and just building relationships with those people, and I think that I'd be so curious to to know what that looks like because yeah. it has really sustained a lot of people's livelihoods in a way that's so positive and so so good. You know, Ragbri yeah. is just so yeah. good. I'm trying. To, I'm going to give a quick little plug for the Writing Through History exhibit. Yeah. Down at the State yeah. Historical cool. Site. If you have not been down there, go down there. It's a. I, I think that's free to get in, right? It I'm is, yeah. 100% sure, yeah. But it goes through the whole history of Ragbri. It's been up for quite a few years, but um, top-notch exhibit down there. And hopefully, uh, and probably not within half mile from the new facility, isn't it? Yeah, we're, in such a, we're in such a good spot. It's yeah. close, yeah. It's really close. Yeah, well worth. I mean, right reach out to one of us if you need any more information on that. But uh, I think it's well worth. So do we do feel that we hit the, the logistics, the registration? Well, I, I, you know, I, I guess the big thing that I want to just hammer home is, you know, we want to be as transparent as possible. 
And when there is questions, we want we want you to hear from Matt and Ann and our RegBright team, not Joe that heard from a guy who heard from his uh, an, an aunt that RegBright is not going to make it. Like, you know, we'll prove it to you. We're gonna we're gonna show up every day, and you know, we we saw it this year on Route One. Towns showed showed up for us. Riders showed up for these towns, and you know, just. It was just so fun to watch, and you know, I wasn't stressed about forty nine because it was just it was a great learning experience for me. I am stressed about fifty because you know everybody and their brother is coming to Iowa in in July, and we got some work to do. So um, we're going to work on it every day for you. We have an amazing team. This team that you know is in this new space is 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 fantastic to work with, and we're all focused on providing a world class experience for every person. Because that's I think that's the craziest thing about Regbray. Regbray is whatever you want it to be. If you want to race it every day and be the yellow jersey winner and the first one in the town, you can do that. If you want to be the last person in the town, you can do it. If you want to ride the SAG or be the driver, you can do it. But whatever that is for you, you show up and you're part of part of RegBry. So uh, we want to provide a world-class experience every single day, and I think uh, this team is the team that can definitely do it. So on 50th, I mean, we're talking – Probably some towns. Of do you want to know where we're going? 50, yes, I, I oh do want to know where we're going, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to ask because you're not going to tell me. That's right. You're smart. Just write it down. Yeah, I'd write it down before I leave. <laughs> you don't have to. No. You're going to see me leap across the table. But 50,000 plus, if not even more, coming into some of those towns. And just the logistics of what it is today, 18 to 30, the kibos, the food lines, the vendors, the showers, the camping, that's... It's a massive undertaking. Almost double the or more the logistics and maybe some larger towns don't know but uh will service times kind of remain the same throughout yeah i mean as of, as of right now kind of? I, I i kind of laid out my spreadsheet of where the, the towns are and we, you know there's there's you know towns that have, don't even have any idea where reg is going to go this year but we're trying to just see if it makes sense uh we need towns a lot of towns that can support the ride because i think with the amount of people um you know having two breakfast towns close together makes sense because maybe one town's you know overwhelmed they can move on to the next town and it's within a couple of miles of the next town um but looking at you know shutdown times the goal is to get people into those towns by by 6 p.m because you know it's it's our team on the roads it's state patrol on the roads it's you know it's bob and his team on the roads they have to recharge you know um you know depending on mileage there's there's gonna be no full century day this year you know that was something that melted people's minds last year we'll have an optional loop um we're looking at you know some optional gravel stuff along you know the week and not maybe not doing just a day but doing uh, you know different gravel options throughout the week so you can try because there's some pretty cool gravel in iowa i mean we got to get some people on the i mean you know it's beautiful gravel so if we can hit those spots to kind of showcase that uh there's some really cool trail systems that are you know in some areas that if you can go by uh, i mean there's just so many things that we can showcase those things we're going to win but you know talking to dot we spent you know three hours last week with the dot looking at the route and kind of kind of where we think we can need to go uh they know that some of the roads that we need to go on they need to be bigger they need to be these small little back county roads that are small anyway like you said if you bring fifty thousand people on it you have people walking bikes for a while because you can't ride a bike where the goal of this you know this event is to ride a bike across the state so it's looking at roads that make sense you know i've always said you know i said it last year well looks like an interstate's probably our best option you know and they didn't say no right away they said no but they didn't say no right away um but yeah, I mean, how cool would it be, you know, on a major interstate or a major highway somewhere, and you bring fifty thousand plus? I mean, I think we need to find out what the 
Guinness Book of World Record number is for the most bikes on a road and, and attack that because I think that's a possibility. But man, goat yoga, right? you got yeah, we're working on the goat yoga stuff. I mean, there's so many things we're trying to get, but you know, I think the, the the true takeaway is if you go on social media, someone's coming from somewhere and they're bringing friends and family and uh, even the retired people that walked away from Ragbride, they're they're coming back whether just to be a part of it or ride. But we're going to see a lot of familiar faces that we haven't seen for a very long time. Wow, no, I'm I'm super excited to see where it goes and. Hopefully, be a part of it. Um, so, I, I mean, I think I'm ready to wrap. I up. feel Is we're good. Yeah, good, good thank you for doing this for us. Is there something we, we let's do or? some dates? Okay, let's get some people excited. Okay. okay. Um, so registration opens on November fifteenth, which is a Tuesday. It'll open at twelve a.m. Uh, there'll be more information coming out starting the week of November seventh on our social channels and on our website. So, I if you're not following us, you're not tuned into ragbride.com, I'd start tuning in so you know exactly what you need to do when registration opens on the 15th. Uh, route announcement party is January 28th at Hy-Vee Hall, and it'll be from 6 to 10 p.m. That is a registration event. Registration for that will open on November 15th as well. And same day as the Bike Expo. Same day as, yeah. Yep. And the Bike Expo, do you have the time on that? I, I believe the Bike Expo is 10 to 4. And our route announcement will be 6 to 10, and they're going to be right next door to each other. So um, that's your your first chance to see it and to hear it. Um, one thing that's new is we won't be doing a live stream from the route announcement. So if you want it and you want it first, you need to come there and join us in person. Um, so Same spot, is it? Same spot. Yeah, it'll be in Hy-Vee Hall, so it won't be in that Community Trace Ballroom, but it'll be down, downstairs in the bigger venue, which is where it was last year. Um, and so we'll have more announcements on who's playing that and, and what that what that all entails soon. Um, and then the larger route, the full route, will come out in March. Uh, so all things to kind of keep your your eyes and ears peeled for. And are tickets open for the route announcement party right now? Can you purchase those? those you, nope, those will open on November 15th with, reg- with registration. Okay. Yep. Okay. yep, they open okay. at the same time. And that's obviously, you know, benefiting the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. So there'll be a silent auction there for the Bicycle Coalition, who also does the Iowa Bike Expo. So um, we're happy to partner with them again on route announcement. And we've got all those dates listed on, on Bike Iowa as well as the, the Ragbri site. So uh, if you didn't get all those, you can go back to those. Um, I think that's, I think, I think we answered some good questions, asked, answered, got the numbers down. Um, every time I talk about logistics, I, I get more blown away, just how much stuff goes into it. And it just, just for me coming as a small event promoter, I mean, just, it, it still just floors me every time. And I hope folks get that, um, $200, let's support the ride that, that supports us, the ride that made our trails or. The ride that probably your Ragbri team and half your friends, you know, they have now, <laughs> True. you wouldn't have if you, you know, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't yep. have been part of that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd say probably 80% of my friends are from meeting over Ragbri, different cyclists, different different things. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board. Um, would be glad to go head-to-head with somebody who doesn't think they should register. You know, come find me. Prove me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, right. um, thanks. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks very much. listeners that is it for this week we both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the just go bike podcast and if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast or maybe you have a topic in mind you can reach us at just go bike podcast at gmail.com 
Or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, just just go bike. bike!